0: Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries, alongside us. I've got Glenn, Mr. Six Figure Holmes, although we've changed his name. I never told you this, Kev, we've changed his name. (laughs) Thank God. Uh, It's Glenn... Seven Figure. No, no. Glenn, have you checked me story Holmes? (laughs) Because that's all he says. Do you see me me story? Do you see me story on Instagram? That's a much better name. Yeah, have you seen me story Holmes? Anything's
1: better than Six Figure.
0: Uh, (laughs) And on the other side, I've got Kev, Mr. Seven Figure Watson... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Straight into it. <laughs> How's it going, Kev? That's good, man. Good. How are you? Can we keep that nickname for you or not? Nope. Nope? Not a chance. <laughs> it's in and out. It's in and out. So on this episode of the Boxing Life podcast, uh, we've got Holly Randall. Holly Randall is, the I keep calling her, the biggest porn director in the world. She's been on the podcast before. And uh, it, it's not as X-rated as the last one that we did, with her, although we do talk... Quite a bit about sex and about uh, penis sizes and stuff yeah, like that. That's, that was all you. That was all me. <laughs> uh, so we talked about on this on this podcast about her new documentary that's just on being on Netflix. A new episode. It's called Hot Girls Wanted uh, on Turned On. Or Ernie, it's not called that, is it? Hot Girls Wanted Turned On. Hot girls wanted, turned on. We also talk about the porn industry, how it's changed it's now since all porn is free. How do you make a living in it? Then we go into virtual virtual reality sex. Is that going to kill sex in general? You know. So we talk about that a bit. Social media effects, how it's how that's is that killing society? We get into that. Also the positives of that. I think. Yeah, there's lots of negatives, but as well that we think the positives outweigh that. So you will hear us talk about that. Open relationships. Do we agree on that? Do we not agree on that? We talk about that. And then talking to your partner about their past, who does that? You do. I do, I did. Fucking wish I never, (laughs) but I did. So we talked about that as well. So here it is, the Boxing Life podcast with Holly Randall. So on today's podcast, we've got Holly Randall. Holly, I keep calling you, if I ever talk about you to any of my clients, the biggest porn director in the world, the biggest female porn director in the world. Can I say that?
2: Of course you can say that. You can say all kinds of things about me as long as they're nice.
0: Uh, is that right? Would you say that?
2: <laughs> um, man, I, I don't know if... I wouldn't say I'm the biggest porn director in the world for sure because there's definitely directors. Female? Female, that, even that is questionable. I mean, there's a lot of other female porn directors that you know, are producing probably more movies per year than me. We can say I'm probably the most well-known female erotic photographer for sure, I would say. Right in the world we could probably say that
0: that's a bit of a mouthful i know yeah, well you know bit, me i yeah, like mouthfuls
2: so.
0: <laughs> oh yeah so maybe- <laughs> sorry straight i didn't the- get perverted right off the bat straight,
2: just had to break the it? ice so holly's been on the podcast
0: before on an earlier one maybe about a year ago two years ago
2: maybe it was i feel like it was like at least two years ago
3: so you're the first person to be on this podcast twice
2: oh no she's shit. not Dan Peña. oh yeah okay
3: and then well that, he doesn't really count
0: no, no. <laughs> you're the first person. Okay, all time. right. First female. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so Holly's just done a, a documentary on Netflix. It was called...
2: Hot uh, Girls Wanted Turned On.
0: Hot Girls Wanted Turned On. And I watched that. I actually was lying in bed with my wife, and I was like, oh, let's watch this Holly, Holly Randall documentary she was telling me about. And uh, it's, it's very interesting. And the thing that... What I was most interested in... Well, if, do, you want, do you want to tell people first what it's about? And,
2: Sure, yeah, so um, Hot Girls Wanted turned on is actually part of a six um, episode anthology and it's a follow up to the original Hot Girls Wanted which came out about two years ago and uh, my episode specifically is about uh, women in porn and um, female empowerment in porn and um, all of the episodes are basically based around sex and technology so um, some of them are about dating some of them are about camming um, all kinds of stuff but my my episode specifically is about female empowerment
0: right and one thing it's in the episode that there's not many females doing what you're doing
2: right right, right yeah
0: which really surprises me because i mean I, i'm not an expert of porn at all i don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. But, don't believe <laughs> sure. oh, <laughs> you t-
1: so what's your browser history like
0: <laughs> <right>? deleted <laughs> for some reason <laughs> uh, so i mean i would have thought that Working with females, because in porn it's all about the females, just about, right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: They would much prefer to work with a female like you than work with a, with a guy.
2: Um, I mean, yeah, I think uh, I've definitely had that experience. I've had, you know, a lot of women who really like working with me because I'm a woman, especially if they're new to the industry yeah. and they're kind of nervous, you know what I mean? Right. Um, I think it helps for them their first time to be with a woman. They feel more comfortable. Um, but yeah, I don't really know why there aren't more women in working in the adult industry. I think in general, you know, women aren't... Don't embrace their sexuality in the way that men do. So, I don't think it's an industry that most women look to go into, you know, especially behind the camera. A lot of women who end up in the adult industry, you know, end up in front of the camera because of their looks or, you know, um, their sexual prowess, but not a lot of them opt for a career behind the camera because it's not something that, um, you know, women just generally don't embrace sexuality um, really at all.
0: Right. Yeah, so. and on, on the documentary as well. Well, let, let's let's go a little bit back in time for people who never heard the last podcast that you were on. Your mother, Susie Randall, was a legend. Yes. in in the industry. Yes, the first female to shoot for Playboy. Well,
2: right? she was actually the first female uh, staff photographer for Playboy. The first female to actually shoot for Playboy, but was Bunny Yeager.
0: Right. So yeah, and that's how you got into it. You were, I mean, I remember you, you telling me the story on the other podcast where used to run about the house naked and all that. And like, like that, I used to, it was there all the time. Porn was there all the time, right? Yeah, That's I
2: funny. mean, you know, I always knew what my parents did for a living. Um They never, like, there was never a moment when they sat down and they told me. But it wasn't something that was really a part of like their personal life. You know, my family very much kept like their career separate from their personal life. So though I knew what my parents did for a living, it wasn't like, Significant to me when I was a child. You know, what was important to me as a child was, you know, running the Unicorn Club and, you know, spending time with my family and, you know, I had a very normal childhood. So I think because my parents didn't treat sex as, like, a strange and... Um, controversial and scary or bad thing. I didn't grow up thinking it was any of those things. So the fact that my parents worked in the adult industry was never like weird to me as a child because, you know, normalcy is relative. We, Our experiences are shaped by how we grow up and what our parents teach us. And so my parents didn't teach me that sex was shameful or sex was bad. So I guess it wasn't weird to me because... They, I wasn't taught that it was weird. Did
1: you ever have friends that weren't, like, allowed to come over or anything like that? Like, well, okay. Like, I'm just curious. I, I, I'm just wondering.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, definitely when I was younger, um, you know, because, like I said, I've always known what they did for a living, um, I I couldn't tell people really when right. I was, you know, like in elementary school um, because, you know, it was not appropriate to discuss that with other children and obviously like, you know, their parents might have a problem with it. Um, I remember specifically actually having a um, assignment in like the fourth grade or something like that where we had to write about what our mom did for a living as an essay for school and I remember being like, fuck, you know, and coming home with the assignment and being like, what am I going to say? And, you know, my mother had done some mainstream um, photography as well. She actually shot uh, for Robert Palmer, um, the musician, and uh, she shot for like a swimsuit. Um, uh, catalog so we had some glamour job that she could allude to and we just kept you know the sure. adult stuff kind of on the download. so sure.
0: I think it's, it sounds it sounds like it's kind of the way it should be with with sex because sex is a m- massive thing right like I'm, I'm, I know for you it might not, not might not be but from where I grew up it was like me my mom only ever slept with me dad do you know what I mean? From the age of sixteen, I think even till till now, like they've split up wow. like five, just like fifty-five. So it's like a big thing. You you can't sleep with anyone. You can't sleep with anyone. But we've got like Aubrey Marcus, our friend, who's in an open relationship, and he was telling us like it's as long when you can get over that, um, that the, the mindset of it's, it's doesn't mean as much as people think it is. You know?
2: Right. Yeah. I think you know there's a lot there's a lot of fear around sex, especially in America um but you know sex is sex and love is love yeah and there's and there's lust and then there's intimacy and you know and they're and they're two separate things and um you know sex doesn't have to be a scary thing it can be a very empowering thing it can be a very freeing thing it's all in you know how you approach it
0: right do you think boys do you think like that would be a better way to a better mindset to have if it wasn't a big deal if you could sleep around and life would be better not, definitely not why
3: cuz i think there's certain things in life that need to be like special and exciting and, and 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 kept to one side to keep them that way i think i think if it just if it just becomes normal like eating and breathing and cleaning your teeth then it yeah. just loses that appeal i feel like the, the things that are exciting are exciting because they you can't do them as, as normal and regularly as you know what i mean do you know what that yeah i know what you mean
1: I think it's very much a culture thing. I mean, it's, I mean I come from a very small town in Kentucky. It's very far right Christian conservative place and you know, if if some of them see me on here now right now talking to you, they're going to be like, "Oh my god, you know." But it's 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 a little ridiculous. It's that people get that wrapped up in I mean, we are very much I guess it depends on your beliefs. I think we're very much animals and we we need that to feel complete and feel whole as 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 people as humans as as animals. But uh They don't think of it that way. They think of it very much more, kind of similar to what Glenn's saying. Now, do do I think it's right to go run around and sleep with everybody and be in open relationships? No, it's not for me. I'm not going to judge you if that's what you want to do, but...
2: Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's different for everybody, you know. I mean, my parents had an open relationship um, growing up, and um, I I don't f- that's something that I've kind of always wanted because it sounds like it would be great, but I I don't really think that I could do it, you know. I mean, right. the thought of my boyfriend having sex with another girl makes me want to claw her eyes out, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't work for me, and I, I think it's it's different for everybody. And and Kevin, yeah, you're right. I mean, sex. We are animals, you know, Um, and and sex is one of our biggest drives in life, like sex and food, you know. Those are like the two things that we were created to procreate, procreate, but we are also humans. So, you know, we've evolved that sex, there's sex and then there's love, you know. And some people can separate the two and some people can't. And, you know, it's just a personal preference. And that's why love and intimacy is different for everybody.
0: Yeah, sex, like you said, that's spot on. Sex and love are two different things, but... When you know that your missus has had sex with this many guys, it does you fucking head in. like you <laughs> that's not, not your missus a slag guy or like that? <laughs> but you know what I mean? She's had boyfriends in the past, and that, that like what I was trying to say. Rather than the open relationship route, was like if it wasn't a big deal that your partner in the past has slept with this many people, where 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 are we from? and especially you Kev it's a big deal you're not going to start s- mm. s- sleeping or marrying a woman who's slept with 20 guys or 30 guys or, or right. more you know
1: you but, might fit in where I'm from because I know people my age back home that are still virgins so if you, you go back home and, and find a girl that's never slept with anybody maybe that would be good. I mean you, you well, don't need that know I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying though. I mean, no. if you were you, I don't, you can't get too caught up on people's past I don't think yeah. but it, I mean it, it, if you think about it yeah it'll mess you up a little bit but if you You go and find someone that's a virgin, you have to worry about their past. See, it's so funny because
2: I'm the opposite, actually. I, like, want to date a guy who's fucked a bunch of chicks because I want him to know what he's doing. Sure. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like, with my boyfriend, with the guy that I'm currently dating, I, like, it took me forever to, like, try to get out of him, like, how many girls he'd slept with because he didn't want to tell me because I think he thought that I would be upset. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I am hoping that you've slept with a lot of women. It was, I don't want to say, but it was a lot. It was a lot. But as opposed to, like, you know, my ex-husband, where, like, I remember when he told me he'd only slept with seven women. I was like, fuck. I was like, oh, Oh, no. This is not good. You're going to be terrible. And he was like, I know. And he was like, how many people have you slept with? I'm like, a lot more than that. Oh,
3: God. Yeah, I think that's a result for him, though, isn't it?
2: Right, exactly. Because I've been trained, you know? It's like boxing. It's like you got to practice in order to become good at it. But
0: it is, like, I I love Holly, but, like, I'm not going to be marrying you because of, of if you, if you tell me, well,
2: then fuck it. I'm <laughs> <out of here. laughs>
0: but you know what I mean? Like where, yeah. like where I'm from, it's like, if the girls smashed that many guys, it's like, fuck, can I can not go? She's a whore. Yeah. You know, that that's, but, but what I'm seeing is that's the mindset that if I would pick, I would not have.
2: Right. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. But I mean, you know, again, like our experiences shape who we are as people. Um, and you know, I mean that's the ha- that's the way you feel and that's fine. Now you you know your opinions and- can always change. I mean, right. you're in charge of of how you feel yeah. about things. But, you know, I think that it's it's fair. I mean, this is why, you know, this is the human condition. Like we are all different people and that's why like, you know, your wife is the one for you and, you know, my guy is the one for me and, right. you know, that's that's and that's fine and that's It's
3: interesting when you said about you're in control of your opinions and what you think. Because going back to what Aubrey, was uh, having a conversation with him a few months ago and he said, I was, we were trying to get our heads around, how do you not get pissed off when you know your girlfriend's sleeping with somebody else? And he turned it around and said, well, when she's sleeping with a guy, he's not doing any harm, he's actually giving her pleasure. So why would I see that as a negative thing?
2: It's that's like, a great way to look at so, it.
3: And I was like, well, that, that's a pretty compelling argument it makes sense. Same, it does make sense but I just don't think it's instinctive to think like that. You've kind of got to train your brain and rewire yourself I like you, you also, said and control your opinions yeah. to think yeah.
1: that. I want to say it's instinctive. I think It's definitely not instinctive. We've we've been wired like it's it's our culture that has made us think that way, but we can yeah. rewire, we can Restructure those thoughts in the way we think in our head. Definitely, it yeah. takes some time and a lot of effort. I'm sure.
2: I think it also too. Like I you, just have want to remember to too. That, like
1: that thought process
3: that
2: you also have to consider too. Like what does that say about you? Right. You know, like why does that worry you? You know, why why do you care what she did in her past? Mm. Why does the right. person that she was because the person that she was in her past made her who she is today? And if you love her today, why are you going to fault her for her past? and yeah. and, and why? that upset you do you have like you know certain insecurities about um yourself and your sexuality and yep. you're projecting that onto her yeah
0: totally yeah. right that's that's totally right that's, that's totally right point. and what orby said as well he said it did take time and it did take effort to put in yeah so you were like
2: what the fuck okay
0: but when you think about it, it it's like he's he's the bigger man yeah so he can get his head around that he doesn't let that shit bother I- him <laughs> do you know what i mean
1: I think the biggest concern is—is is he going to be better than me? I mean, I think that's a big. Fear, and I said that right? room. Yeah. That's what that's I said. What you said,
0: yeah, that uh, was yeah. Room. yeah. I said, "What if he's better than you?" Went <laughs> no chance. <laughs> it's like nice. Aubrey right. must be a in bed. Yeah, right.
2: I mean, obviously, he's a sexually liberated individual, and I think that that is part of what makes somebody, you know, good in bed, because you know, so many times we're we're caught up in you know all of our insecurities and. Um, you know, all of those things that we worry about, you know, how our body looks or how big our dick is or how big our boobs are or something like that. And sex should be that one time in your life when you can just let all that stuff go, you know, and you can just release all of that, which is, like, kind of, like, why, like, for me, with sex, like, I like to be dominated, you know, because, like, in my regular life, I'm pretty dominant and I'm in charge and I'm a boss and I run a business. And so, like, when it comes to sex, like, I like to flip the switch and be the complete opposite. Yeah. So.
0: that's another thing, like, where the way you've been brought up, T- telling us what you like in sex, like us three, like well, we don't really talk open about that. Mm-hmm. But because of the way you've been brought up, which I kind of think it's a better way to be. Do you not? Do you not think that? You know, to be more open about it. Yeah, you know? like so. all does not give a shit. She's, she's, it's sh- funny, it's, actually, it, it,
2: if I, you I, listen to the podcast that I just did with my parents um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, they openly talked with me about sex. And about, you know, and my mom told me that actually, I didn't know this. And I knew that my, you know, my parents were swingers when they were younger. And, and when my mom worked at Playboy and they would party at the Playboy Mansion, you know, they would uh, have sex with different people and they would go to orgy parties and stuff like that. And I remember my mom told me that she was like on a mission when she was at the Playboy Mansion to like fuck more people than like the guys did. She was like a competition. And I was just <laughs> like, man, you're my hero. Like that is so <laughs> cool.
3: So you know? when, when did you first start having conversations with your parents about sex?
2: Well, it's funny actually, we didn't really talk about sex when I was younger. It wasn't really yeah, about. no, I, d- I you think don't... that
3: was a deliberate thing on their part.
2: I don't know. I think my parents felt kind of uncomfortable. Uncomfortable discussing sex with their with their children. So just so, kind of
3: they let you kind of just figure that stuff out yourself. Yeah, like most yeah. And then when I became
2: were... older, um, you know, they were more comfortable yeah. talking about it. But I don't talk to my parents about like my specific sexual exploits. Like I don't come home and be like, Oh my God, mom, yeah, that's like just getting, fuck it. this, this guy, and it was so great, and we did this and we did yeah. that. You know what <laughs> I mean? She's like, I don't really want, and I don't necessarily want to hear yeah, about details nod, right? either. But totally. like you know, we're we're sexually liberated people and, um, you know, we enjoy sex but we don't think, specifically talk about details because they're my parents and I'm their daughter and it doesn't matter, like, you know, what you do for a living. Nobody wants to hear about... Nobody wants to listen to their children tell them about sex. That's yeah, just, oh like, definitely. kind of a biologically unnatural thing, you know?
3: I think that goes for... In general, I don't think... I think people think people care a lot more than they do about what people do in bed. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really... Give a shit. You know, yeah. Like, like you, you don't interesting, is not it? It's interesting, but like, if I'm, I don't really care if someone wants to come and tell so, me about it.
0: It's, I've got two it's daughters. A private life, you know? life, isn't it? <laughs> and yeah, and the true. last thing I want my daughters, the last thing I can fucking think about is my daughters having sex, going up and having sex with people. How was your dad when he found out you've had this boyfriend and this boyfriend? Was he ever protective? Not. At my all?
2: dad doesn't give a fucking shit. My dad was like less protected than my mom was. He was just, you wow. know, like as long as like I was safe, he really didn't care and you know honestly to to be the kind of man who could marry my mom you have to be very very sexually confident and you have to have like not a jealous bone in your body right. and you have to be very much like kind of blasé about that sort of thing
0: again that's another thing what's a mental block for for me which uh it's 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 all on the person where if i've My mind was stronger. Maybe I wouldn't be bothered about that stuff. I don't
2: know about that. I mean, they grew up in a different time in a different culture. You know, they they um, grew up in London in like the swinging '60s and the '70s when everybody was having sex with each other. You know, it was a time of free love. It was before AIDS came along. It was before all the STDs came along. And you could have sex with lots of people and, and not contract something and bring it home. And so it was just, you know, and it was a time where, like, the world was changing and um, society was changing. And it was just, you know, and, and everybody had a different mindset. And I just think that, you know, we, we are, you know, our experiences and they just had a different experience than than you guys did or that I did.
0: Yeah, so... <clears throat> Back to the documentary when I was listening, watching it, and in an interview from your mom, she said that she would like you to get out of the industry.
2: Yeah, and, and that's not because of porn specifically, but she just sees the way that the industry has changed and how difficult it has become to make a living and how much right. I struggle and how hard I work, and you know how frustrated I become with um, the budgets that I have to deal with, and you know, how I'm asked to do more and more and more for less money. So that's the only reason that she wants me to get out. It's not the content itself. She just wants to see me um, feeling creatively fulfilled and feeling financially stable and not so stressed out at. Well I think
3: that that's a good segue into your podcast too. That's a perfect example. Just getting outside of the your bubble a little bit and expanding with new projects and stuff. Yeah. Why no. Do you, why absolutely. do you think
1: the industry is going where you're where it's going like because it's so it's
2: nobody infinite. pays yeah. it's for free, porn right. anymore yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna write a song about that <laughs> um, because everything's free you know everything's free on the internet and nobody pays for porn where, where and is it? so where, where? How, where's the money coming from that I'm gonna yeah. make it you know what I mean
1: are they gonna be able to regulate that at any point though or
0: no
2: I have no, no idea. idea I fucking hope so <laughs> but I don't know
0: sure. so is the where's the money then if if Everything's free. How can you make any money? I don't know. (laughs) But cool. (laughs) That's a
2: great question. You're paying
0: for a membership, a box of her, you must be doing something, right? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, You know, I mean, there, there's less work now. And luckily, you know, I'm at a point in my career where, you know, I'm pretty high profile and so I'm still getting hired and I'm still getting jobs. But, you know, it's, it's a lot of people have kind of flunked out of the industry. A lot right. of people have lost their jobs. It's shrunk a lot. So, I mean, there's still obviously people who pay for porn because um, otherwise there would be nothing. But it's much more difficult to get those people to pay for porn because there's a very small percentage of people that are going to pay for porn, Right. But the thing is, is that there's so many people who watch porn, even if like 2% of people pay for porn, that's still a lot of people. Right. And so if you can capture that audience with good product and with proper branding and traffic, then you can still make a living. It's just not what it once was.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it on, when I watched the show about how much effort actually goes into making a porn. Like the, the one that you were doing where it was outside in the woods and you had all the oh crew my there, she was wearing a metal... Oh, that was
2: okay. That was literally like the worst shooting day of the year that they covered. Um, I was shooting this big feature movie for Digital Playground called Quest, and it was like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of based story. And so it was like medieval costuming and sword play. And I shot Jada Stevens and Derek Pierce that day, and it was so hot out it was like 110 and we were shooting outside and jada had to wear chain mail with this heavy like woolen cloak like knee-high um stiletto boots and she had to do a sword fighting scene <laughs> with Derek a- in like wood chips you know so like yeah. uneven ground and she'd like never done sword fighting before so we had to give her like a, tw- a quick like 20 minute training session so she did do that and then they had to have sex in the sun with their costume still on because if they take the costumes off and it's like it's not part of the cosplay anymore and it was just like miserable it was just one of those days where like it was so brutal and I gotta give like huge props to Jada and Derek because I don't know how they did that scene because I was just sitting in my director's chair in the shade and I was dying
0: is all of that stuff necessary?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yeah, I know exactly what, what you mean. mean. It must be because like, <laughs> my like, clients keep asking me to do it. I mean, personally, <laughs> when I watch porn, which is pretty much never, um, I mean, I fast forward through the storyline like everybody else does, but somebody must watch it. Somebody must like it because yeah. otherwise... We wouldn't be shooting that. I mean, you know, there is like a big, like kind of nerd factor of guys who who love those um, those parodies and those, you know, like uh, cosplay type (laughs) movies. So there 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 is an audience out there for it for sure. But um, it's just not anybody here (laughs) at this table. That's all. (laughs) "Eh, Whatever,
0: whatever. (laughs) So you said that the budgets have now changed a lot. What what were the budgets and what are they now? Can we talk about that?
2: Um, it. God, you know, it just—it's—it's hard to say because it just depends. Um, I don't know. I haven't. I only recently started shooting feature movies, like a couple of years ago, because I was a photographer, um, pretty much mostly for most of my career, and then I started shooting video because I had to. So um, by comparison, though, I can say like we used to just shoot one photo set a day, right? Right. And that was it. That was all we had to do all day. And um, now I have to shoot. Four photo sets and four videos in a day. To make the same money? Yeah. Wow. Not even to make the same money, to make less money. Wow. That's yeah. mad.
1: mod. It's interesting to me that, and this is not a knock to you, but like that, the photos are still a thing. I remember I was a kid, my brothers would bring home those little floppy disks and we'd have like little pictures of like, oh my (laughs) God. But like people still like are into the photos? Well, yeah, that's
2: the problem though. They're not really much of a thing. So that's why I had to teach myself video when I saw, um, you know, because when the internet first started, um, the download speeds were so slow that like it would still take you like 10 minutes to download one picture. So photos did really, really well on the internet, which is why my parents did so well at the beginning because my mom had a huge photo Mm -hmm. library Mm -hmm. from, you know, like the 20 years that she had been shooting but then as bandwidth got better and technology got better and you could start mm-hmm. to stream video um, it started to move that way so now my um job is a lot more um shooting videos with pictures to go along with it as yeah. opposed to shooting pictures with some videos so it's yeah. definitely reversed itself so Makes i'm sense. definitely doing more film directing than i am doing photography though in my heart i'm still a photographer right
0: can you remember on holiday, you two will probably not remember, or you might, when, when you'd go on holiday and there was them playing cards with porn yeah, pictures yeah. on them. Remember
3: remember um, I went to a trip in uh, like second year, I think, in Italy. And there was a shop, like, you know, them little tourist shops that you can go into. Yeah, and that's and where you got like them playing from. cards and stuff. Do you know playing and cards? they like, mm-hmm. like good, good, topless girls on the back of the... Uh, deck of cards and all that, so we all just bought like loads of them. Each, them the I don't think we had like, those here them, in America. Each I've picture seen had them. them but no, it yeah. meant, like it wasn't like a Each day, card had a different picture. Oh, those p- the, the, the funny ones with the pens. You remember the pens? And they were like at the end of the pen. Oh, wait. And you pressed it in, and there'd be a nude girl at the end of it. Did you oh, ever have okay. those? No
2: we had pens that I thought like no, she would have we? a bikini on and then you would like shake it oh and, like, yeah the bikini
3: I remember would them as well we never had those in England though the we, they were always the in one. like in Spain or yeah like, all the way in Spain yeah.
0: then there was the little key rings where it was a it was a man and a woman bent over and you'd move like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like... remember them no yeah. Kevin and I were yeah. like we, we have no that.
2: idea what you're talking
0: yeah, about me and Tony we just getting nostalgic though these are just some European shit yeah so last time you were on and we spoke a little bit about before, we thought that the industry was going to the virtual reality stuff and you haven't done much with it since then, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I honestly, like, for it's, I'm just, like, on that fucking hamster wheel just trying to, like, you know, make a living day-to-day. So it's been hard to branch off and do other projects. And um, I talked to a couple of people about virtual reality, but you know, the technology is still evolving and I just feel like it's not really there yet and I still haven't like had time to wrap myself around it and I think that it is going there and it's something I definitely want to get into but I'm trying at this point in my life not to overload myself with too Mm -hmm. many projects and try to do too much stuff at once because I'm starting to make myself a little bit crazy. Right. So I'm just trying to, like, you know, focus on what I'm doing now and, you know, maybe the next step and not try to, like, project too far into the future. And I think when, you know, I'm ready to shoot virtual reality, um, you know, I'll, that opportunity will present itself.
0: That, I think, will 100% ruin sex. Virtual reality porn, right? Why do you think it'll ruin it as
3: opposed to make because, it better?
0: Because let's, let's see it. I bet you in
3: sex lives and relationships. Yeah,
0: yeah. But let, let's see, let's say see, there's an 18-year-old virgin or whatever. One of these guys from Kentucky when they're like 45-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna have many friends like that. <laughs> but let, let's see that. But now, now they've got this thing where they put it on on the face like this, right? And they've got the mask, and then they're there in a room where a f- or a bird like you a ten. Look off your face. I'm getting into it. I'm twitching. Get, where where she's a ten out of ten. Yeah, and she, and he's giving her the best time of her life, and she's just got the perfect body. She hasn't got a blemish on her face. She's yeah. she's just perfect, right. right? Now, and he's lasting for a long time, and he's just <laughs> fucking performing. Yeah, and now that going into the real world, where I well, mean, maybe maybe, maybe, for Holly, maybe for Holly, maybe for Holly, but for everyone else, that's not real, right? Maybe for Holly, it is real. No, I, I definitely,
2: <laughs> I I totally hear what you're saying, and and I agree with you, and and I it does concern me. I mean, but look ho, for example. Look uh, for example just what social media has done to to us and society. Social life right. recently in social life, you know what I mean? I mean, like I was talking to somebody the other day who was saying that, you know, like there is so much more um, like depression in teenagers and suicide and stuff like that because people are going on social media and seeing mm-hmm. like other people's Instagram, you know, where we all put up like this facade that we right. like, have this amazing life and yeah. they're comparing themselves to other people yeah. and thinking like my life should be like that, I should be like that, you know, and none of it is real mm-hmm. and, and and we're not educating our children um, to, to believe that. We're just letting like the computers teach them and that is super unhealthy. So um, I, I agree with you, I, I, it is concerning to me What um, virtual reality is going to do to sex and to intimacy, and just and not even just in porn, just think about like all the other things that you can do with virtual reality. You know, like just
0: communication, communication,
2: playing games, all that kind of stuff. And it it is well, we all agree
0: that sex is a big part of life, and like you said earlier on, it's a lot to do with confidence. Where this virtual reality porn is, I think it's just going to ruin men's confidence, or, or, or boys, young boys' confidence, and girls. You know, cause girls. It could give girl, them. It could actually give them confidence, though, because they they they
1: think it's real. They think and they're, they're a beast. And doing. It, they're like, oh wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Now I gotta go do the real thing, because nothing will ever replace the real thing. Yeah, I don't think, but it could go the other way too. Glenn,
0: this is the first time ever with, I'd ever talked about sex. I think it might be. <laughs> 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 a <pretty> private
1: person.
3: <laughs> a private person. But, but I think I think you could argue if you rewind a few decades, you could argue that porn, when it first came out. I'm sure there were people that might have said that porn would ruin relationships, but I because feel like- there's such this when, when you consume porn, I listened to a podcast about this recently, and they were talking about the adrenaline release and the hormone release that you get from watching porn, and then you can get desensitized to the real thing from too, consuming too much porn. So then, when you do have sex with somebody, it's kind of like, it, it might feel like a letdown because you're used to getting everything that you want from porn, right? Yeah. So then, it can affect your relationship that way. I think with the virtual reality thing, it's just, it's just kind of going to be the next format of, of, of porn, really. I don't think it's going to do too much to affect relationships. I just think it's just another format that's going to come out Probably the next
2: 10, yeah, 15, I mean, 20 years. Yeah, the thing is that we never know, you know? I mean, we always sit here and we always like project about like what the future is going to be like and, and how human beings are going to respond to this. And, you know, I mean, when television first came out, like society thought that that was going to ruin, mm-hmm. you know, ruin society. I mean, I don't know, maybe arguably it has. <laughs> yeah, um, well, yeah, but, you know, I mean, humans are resilient. And I, I feel like we always kind of sort of figure out away you know yeah, what i mean and and, and we do yeah, <laughs> yeah and we yeah. do we do crave intimacy yeah. real intimacy yeah. totally. and um hopefully you know that will um you know prevail in the end but it's it's hard to know
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think that uh what you what you said there about the society thing it's it's so true in it and Kev, you said it as well but what did you say about the virtual reality like the communication mm-hmm. it's you, you can see now what's going down and There's a video, I've mentioned this before on a podcast, that's called Look Up on YouTube. Have you seen it? No. Did I talk talk about this on the Mm -hmm. show before? So uh, the video is, it shows you this guy, he's walking down the street and he's got a piece of paper in his hand. He's looking for the address and he can't find it. Oh, you told me about this. Yeah, and he can't find find where the street is. And there's a lady walking past and he's like, excuse me, love, do you know where the street is? And she says, Oh, yeah, come and walk with me. So he's walking with her. Anyway, a fast forward. Then he's on his first date with her. A fast forward. Now he's standing outside of the house. They've just bought a house together, the a couple. A fast forward. Now he's had his first kid. A fast forward again. The kids graduate. Fast forward again. He's, she's in bed dying. He's holding her hand and they've got all these great memories. She dies. And, uh, but then it rewinds and goes back to the beginning, right? This video's quality. And then the woman's walking past. He's in the, back to where he was with a piece of paper. But now he's got his phone in his hand and he's like this. Mm-hmm. And the woman just walks straight past him. And then swipes totally on Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now but it just shows there he's missed that opportunity of all them great memories and all that great time. That's true. You know, because of being on this thing here. Yeah.
2: I, I know. And it's, and it's an addiction, you know. And it's something that I've kind of noticed myself um recently you know that like i'm just it's like default to pick up your phone yeah. and like look at it all the time and like look at social media and how many people like to meet this on instagram and how many people like that and it's mm. just like it's it's almost kind of becoming a sickness and you look around and everybody's on their phones all the time and um i don't know it's it's I'm trying to kind of consciously pull myself out of it, but then you know, of course, I tell myself, "Oh, well, I'm doing it for work. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. I'm doing it for branding." Right. You know, what I mean, totally. we can find an excuse for anything. Um, that, that, but yeah,
3: I think if you treat it like that, that's a healthy relationship. If you treat it for work and and use it for for
0: benefit,
2: it, it, it can, if it's if it healthy.
0: is used for benefit, but I think what Holly's saying is like she tells yourself that is an excuse right yeah. or not yeah. i feel that as well
2: absolutely but also too like work for me is also an addiction also so it like right. feeds into it like that double yeah. that double well, way a big you part know? of
1: everyone's work now is social media but yes. we become conditioned to be rewarded every time we pick up the phone mm. whether someone's teched us or liked our picture yeah. the little numbers we're conditioned with the red now one. to think of this as a reward yeah. yeah right yeah so, so that's why it's addictive right yeah. an example
3: I've, just from last week I, I went into the staff room in the back i was in there by myself on on my laptop And within five minutes, I think three or four of the trainers came into the room and all sat down. And I looked up and every single one of them was just sat on their phone and nobody was talking to anyone. And there was, I think, four or five of us in the room. And I looked around and I was like, shit, everyone's just like this. Yeah. So I I closed my laptop, put my phone down and I started a conversation with one of them. And then I thought, like you, what you said, you try and pull yourself out of it, like conscious effort. See, and like, this, this is this is not right. This and is this weird. is, you
2: know, what this is. This is the human condition prevailing. This is the this is That's our our tra- our evolution. <laughs> yeah. Literally, that is evolution. That because I think the fact that we're talking about this right mm. now and that we're recognizing this yeah. shows that that we are seeing that as is an issue and mm. that you know we are seeing that that there's something that we need to do about it and we are you know craving coming back to intimacy and having conversations with each other once yeah. again so I would like to have faith in the human race and I think, think that so, we're yeah. going to come back around yeah. and we're going to reconnect
1: but there's also a lot of great things it's done as well like we can communicate with our families and our friends back home and definitely keep in touch oh, a lot yeah. now just because we have Facebook we have Instagram and those people uh that run these companies they're aware of that and they're aware of like the 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 um, conditions that are going to come with this and I think they'll strategically try to work around it and I have faith that they're good people and they want, they want the best for society. So they're Again, it, 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 there's a lot of downsides to it, but I think there's a lot of upsides
3: to it. Yeah, too. yeah.
2: here's a perfect example, like the bombing that just happened in Manchester, right. you know, which is a horrible thing. I, yeah. Before I came here, I was watching the Ariana Grande benefit concert live yeah. on oh, Facebook, yeah. and you know, and it was like, you know, she had this huge thing behind, like text, you know, this to donate five pounds to the families affected. Yeah. So, so there we are, using social media and technology mm-hmm. to reach out and to help each other and to lift each other up, and what? you know, to benefit each other. So there's, it's definitely a double edged sword. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I think it's definitely doing more good than than harm. It 100% is. I've got into a habit now of walking through restaurants and Looking to see what people's doing on the phone, I like I walk through and I see like, a man and a woman on his phone. I'm looking over the shoulders just to see, just, 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 <laughs> just shake me. head.
2: Thing, I was in. The, you know what's really funny? I was actually in like a. I was at a beauty spa the other day, and there was a guy next to me who was paying for his Botox, and while he was doing that, he was swiping through Tinder. And I was just standing next to him, just like laughing, thinking, "Oh my God, this is so." LA. What about this?
0: I tweet. I tweeted about this as well. I'm on an airplane. Do you know when they turn all the lights off on the airplane? Yeah. Tell me where I was flying. And I've got my iPad and I'm on. Twitter and I scroll through and Holly's feed's on there and it's just a big dick and it's just a big guy of tits. I have warned everybody that, that my Twitter Instagram. feed is very
2: dangerous. <laughs> hey, my, my no, Instagram Instagram's is PG. Bad. No, Do you it, is, talk it is. About sh- it's funny
1: when you're sitting there but on a plane and there's Holly's picture and there's just a girl with a bit, whatever. It's just, it's yeah. You're kind of like, uh.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holly, on the, on the, airplane, it was, the it was black and I, was, <laughs> I was on an aisle seat as well so <laughs> everyone
3: behind just saying big dick. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your Snapchat account since we've been talking you mentioned it before about did they i can't believe they've done that hollywood just
0: telling us yeah
2: so i had a i had a snapchat account uh holly randall and um you know snapchat used to be okay with nudity and, uh, and porn and all of that and that's so i used to show like bts clips and stuff from my shoots and i had like 40,000 followers and then snapchat just deleted me like that. And Probably because so,
1: 30,000 of them were under 12, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, so now, um, I mean, I've recreated a new Snapchat account, HollyRandall78, and I don't show any nudity on there anymore, mm. but I have a private Snapchat account, which right. I do show nudity, yeah. but you have to pay for it. So Oh, no,
1: I didn't oh. know you had to pay on Snapchat. Well, you don't have to pay for it. But oh, really?
2: I, I do it through a third-party service <laughs> where people pay a monthly yeah. basis, That's and awesome. then I add them to my private account. Right. So.
0: right. That's good. I can't, like I was telling Holly, I can't believe that Snapchat would do that because that company's like kind of went right down the pipe. It was a huge I've,
1: liability. Do you watch have you been watching Silicon Valley or no recently? No. So they they created like this video chat and it was huge and they they went to sell it but they sold it knowing it was going to be huge and they knew that it was going to be like wildly successful and they found out that 90% of their users were like under the age of 14 or 15 and it's a huge exposure to like Lawsuit, so they went and sold it, knowing this. And this company bought it, and they're like, Haha, "Now you got to deal with it." But it's, I think, just with social media. I mean, how do you regulate the age? So there's a there's a big exposure of risk there. For, yeah,
2: I mean, I feel like there should be some way that when you sign up for social media, you have to, in some way, prove your identity and your age, and yeah. then depending on that, you're allowed into mm-hmm. certain platforms or not. So oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. see if there's going to be adult content on there, right? Because right. when you do a podcast like this podcast's got adult content, so right. if ever it, it never this podcast will probably get closed, shut down, you know, because we swear and you're talking about big dicks and that. <laughs> so, that's only you, I think. <laughs> 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 only <one assessment. laughs> I only want to say I'm with the obsession with uh, So, uh, Holly, what's the future for you now? You've done this documentary. Oh my
2: gosh, that's a fantastic question. Your mom wants you, want
0: you to quit and become a vet? Is that what you said no, she wants
2: me, me to become a sex oh, therapist. a sex
0: therapist. <laughs> would that be something that you would do? <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, I think my mom thinks that I should do more uh, public speaking engagements and, and stuff like that. She thinks that I'm I speak well on camera and um, that I'm a good personality and that I should um, try to promote myself in that way. So um, I am trying to work more on building my own brand and you know uh, working less for clients and more creating more of my own my own thing. But. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, I'm kind of taking it day by day. Um, I'm starting a podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered, which you guys know about. So I'm hoping that will do something. But, you know, I've been kind of going through this, like, existential crisis lately, actually, where I've been trying to figure out not necessarily what I'm going to do with my career, but, like, what makes me happy. You know, because I think, honestly, watching the Hot Girls Wanted um, documentary kind of almost was a weird wake-up call for me because, I mean, obviously I knew, like, in my head that, you know, I was struggling with work and I was struggling with these lower budgets and, you know, I was becoming more and more frustrated with my career. But I think seeing myself on television next to Erica Lust, you know, and I'm just going through the motions and doing the work and, like, complaining about it, where, you know, Erica's out there, like, trying to make a difference, you know, and she's trying to create porn that is is different and and revolutionary and she's inspired and you know she she goes to work with a purpose and I was just watching it thinking fuck you know and it made me realize like I've kind of lost my way you know and I used to love my job so much and I used to Mm -hmm. wake up in the morning excited to go to work and I couldn't wait and now I'm just like and and I kind of don't really feel that way anymore so now I'm starting to think okay Like, what do I want in life, you know, because if 10 years ago, if you had told me, you know, you're going to be, you know, you're going to have a nice house and you're going to have this car and you're going to have a great boyfriend and you're going to be shooting for Playboy and you're going to be making this much and you're going to be boxing and, you know, like all these things I would have been like, oh my God, my life is going to be so great. I'm going to be so happy when I get to that point. Right. And like, now I'm at that point and I'm like, not really happy. So then I'm starting to think, okay, like, what makes me happy? Because it almost seems like no matter how much I achieve, it's never enough, you know? And that's kind of part of what makes me good at my job. And I think you guys can probably relate as entrepreneurs is that like you're always pushing and you're always you know, trying to get to the next level because that's the personality that you have. But then when you get to that next level, it's not enough. You want to go to the next level, which is what makes you good at what you do. And that's what makes Box and Burn great. But then you have to sit back and say, Okay, well fantastic. From a career standpoint, that's great. But like as a human being, like how do how do I feel like how do I feel in my heart? Like, what makes me happy? Is it is it the car? Is it, you know, like how much I weigh? Is it like my hair? You know, is it, you know, my my social media account? Is it, you know, who am I? And and, and I am not like what people think of me. Mm. You know, I, I am something more than that. And um that's something that you know, I've been kind of, like, going through lately, and it's been a weird process, but I think it's been it's been good. It's, you know, it's, there's been some emotional growth going on, so um, I guess my short answer to your question is, is I don't fucking know. <laughs> and I'm just kind of, like, trying to take every day, you know, take it day by day and just... I, I just feel like if, if I just do the next indicated action and I do the next right thing and, you know, I have gratitude for the things that I have in my life and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good to the people that I work with and, you know, that, that it's, something is going to come along, you if, know? Because we are what we project into our life. Good things happen to good people. Yeah. yeah.
0: You'll be fine. If <laughs> money wasn't a problem...
2: I'll come work here, actually. We're high. Yeah.
0: We're July high. 9th, Boxing <laughs> burn certified. Come <Can't> do it. <laughs> if money wasn't a problem... You didn't have to worry about like, all the money in the world, right? What would you do when you woke up in the morning?
2: I would be a photographer. And I would be like. So that's your passion. Yes. Like I would be, like, I would be able to do art, you know? And um, probably still women, actually, yeah, definitely still. I love shooting nude women. Like that is my thing. I love shooting people. Um, but th- that's what I would love to do. I would love to. I'd l- I actually, I well, really. Well, you're doing like that, por- aren't you? I am, but not, but not really. I- I'm shooting like porn. You know, right. and I'm shooting, you know, scenes where, um, you know, like a, a stepmom busts her stepdaughter for eating her apple pie and then like punishes her with sex. You know, it's just <laughs> like, I mean, like, this is kind of the same shit all over again because porn just is always kind of the same. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I don't feel creatively um, fulfilled, I don't feel creatively challenged. And, you know, so. So that's what I would like to get back to. And actually, yesterday um, I, I had one of those shoots. Um, I shot for Burn TV, which is an up-and-coming network, um, a lifestyle network um, about the cannabis industry. And um, we did this thing, which is going to be called like the portraits. Or, um, like, what is Burn TV? And so it was a series of black-and-white portraits of people who use cannabis in their day-to-day life. So I shot, um, you know, chefs. I shot um, a mother who uses cannabis to deal with postpartum depression. Um, I shot an NBA player, um, John Sally. I shot um, Eddie Bravo, MMA fighter. You know, all of these people who use cannabis in their life Mm -hmm. to... um, you know, deal with whatever whatever, whatever they need it for, you know, and sure. that whole culture. And it was really great to work with kind of normal people and shoot like these really beautiful, like powerful black and white portraits mm-hmm. of like everyday people. And it was just such a different experience and everybody was so great and like so grateful and so excited to work with me and so excited to have like professional photos done. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a real connection, you know, with my subjects and I just had a really great time. So, you know, um, different opportunities are coming up and I'm just kind of like going with the flow and just, you know. I've
0: got a great business idea for you. I'll tell you off camera. Just come with me out there. I've got a great business idea. But I think it's um, fucking great. I want to a percentage. I'll tell you after this. Okay. I think a big thing in the industry now, you can tell me uh, if I'm right or wrong, is the cam girls.
2: Yeah, yeah, camming is definitely a big thing now because, I mean, that. first of all, you can't steal live camming right Right. so that's that's that kind of circumvents the whole problem with piracy
1: camming (laughs) yeah i've never heard of cam camming no really no i didn't know it was a verb i didn't know it was i didn't know it was a term
3: you're (laughs) so
2: innocent (laughs) (laughs) um so and you know it's that it's that connection i mean here we are talking about human connection again it's Mm -hmm. these girls connecting directly with with their viewers and so um it's actually been great wonderfully empowering for the models because now they can connect directly with their fans you know as opposed to having to shoot a porn for a company they get a day rate and then they go home that's all they get and then that company makes the residuals off that porn and sells it to the consumers so it's been really empowering for the girls um, but it's not something that you know I could ever get into because I don't get naked and masturbate on camera and there isn't really a place for a professional producer in that area
0: I think there is there's not
2: well, I mean, I think, I think the appeal of it is kind of the amateurish quality of the one-on-one interaction. Right,
0: right. I want to talk to you after this because my fucking mind's blasting now about these different ideas I've got for you. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> I don't want to tell you, that, you. So I think what we're going to do now is finish the podcast. But Holly, if people want to find you, we're going to find you. Oh, tell me about your podcast first. When's that new podcast coming out?
2: So uh, my podcast is called Holly Randall Unfiltered, and I'm going to shoot probably like six, eight, or ten episodes, we'll see, and then I'm going to release it like on a weekly basis and just kind of sit back and see how it does.
0: Right. Um,
2: because I just don't want to get myself into a situation where like I force myself to sh- to shoot on a weekly basis and you know, with a limited amount of time that I have. Um, and stress myself out so I just want to do a whole big bunch of them release them and then just kind of see how it does and hopefully it'll do well and and I'll do more but you know it's just one of those things I'm just throwing a million things at the wall and just seeing what sticks yeah
0: so. I think that'll definitely stick because you've got a huge following on all social media and people's interest in this stuff yeah and and i
2: definitely you know and i'm luckily i have access to you know like the biggest people in the industry i mean i've already interviewed lisa ann um, my parents obviously uh bailey rain and you know i've got a couple other people lined up so
0: nice and if people want to find you on social media
2: you can find me on instagram at holly randall also uh on twitter at holly randall on snapchat at holly randall 78 and on Facebook, though I'm really terrible at keeping up my Facebook page, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Holly Randall on Facebook.
0: Uh, and if you all follow Holly Randall on Twitter, don't follow, don't open it up on an airplane. <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea. Unless
2: you're sitting in the very back row or in the bathroom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the bathroom. All right, Holly. Well, thank you for coming on the Box Life podcast. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Holly, for coming on. Thank Until you. next time, we'll see you there.
2: Thanks, guys.